0: It's
1: rock and roll. Welcome to Look It's Rock and Roll. We're a podcast about music, pop culture, really anything we want to talk about. Might even do a movie now and then. But one of the things that we really want to do on this show is to focus on bands' new releases. We want to support artists we want to support their music we want to support what they're doing so indie bands unsigned bands established legacy acts we don't care all we care about is new music ear candy um today i'm joined by mark anthony Kay. which uh if you've been on our show you've seen our shows uh, Mark is usually a principal partner on this show, on the KISS FAQ podcast. He's also a good friend, but it's really nice to talk to him today as a musician who's um, debuting new music. I think your single came out last night. You jumped the gun again, didn't you?
0: Yeah, it was supposed to be today, but you know, I figured why not? just you Because know, I was doing all the work to get it up onto the band camp, and I said, it might as well just put it up instead of having to wait at midnight and come back on and, you know. So welcome, Mark. Let's talk about your new Dark Monarchy project. You
1: know, why don't you just give us an overview of how Dark Monarchy came about?
0: Well, um, as you know, I have Project Gemini, which is my main act that I do, my main band. And um, I had released or was working on actually my fourth album, uh, which was in the year 3073, book one. Um during that time when I was working on it, uh, another gentleman that I know named Joe Bailey had his album played on a radio show called Check It Out, uh, which is a pretty popular podcast show in England. And um, I was in their chat room because I frequented quite a bit like because I like hanging out with those people. They're great people on there. And uh, he was in there. Supporting his album that he had just released and I mentioned to him how much I loved it because he was on the in the chat room and I said that you know he had a great voice and so on and so forth. And in a little private chat out of the chat room, I messaged him and asked him if he might be interested in appearing on my new record and uh, doing some vocals and much to my surprise, he said that he had heard my prior records, uh, Man of Science, Man of Dreams and liked it a lot and said that he would love to appear on it and do it. So for me, this, you got to understand this is something pretty big because up to that point, I had nobody appear on my records. I did everything top to bottom, including the mixing, the mastering, everything I did myself, apart from artwork. I've never done that myself, but everything else I've done myself. So to have somebody else come in was a big thing. and, And it had to be somebody who I trusted and respected, which I did with Joe. And, uh, I gave him the songs that I wanted him to work on. I gave him two initially, which was um, Children of Hope and uh, I think the other one was uh, Keepers of the Past. Yeah. And he sent me back the songs and I absolutely loved it. I thought he did a like amazing job on it. So I right away messaged him back and said, hey, uh, can you just do also, uh, you know, Let Your Spirit Fly, the first song as well? And he said, yeah, sure. Why not? So I gave it to him sent it back and it was amazing i loved it so after that was done i I got, got a hold of him after and i said you know what i go this was so much fun you know collaborating with this what would you think about actually doing a full record together and before i asked him i had asked the dj who had that radio show the check it out show and asked him what do you think would joe be interested you think because he knew him very well as well he goes, yeah, yeah, he goes, it be, might be an awesome combination, right? So I contacted him, and he was right away interested. I was very surprised at like how quickly he was like, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm all in. I'd love to do it. So we got together and uh, started exchanging song ideas. And uh, yeah, it's been fantastic, the whole process.
1: So Joe's um, a multi-instrumentalist, in addition to being a vocalist. Now, obviously, on um, your Project Gemini album, where he was a guest, he only contributed vocals, if, if I'm correct. Yeah. Uh, now he's contributing more. You've debuted your brand new track, Better Posers, last night and today, and that's what this, this episode is primarily about, the, the first single from this project. But um, he's credited on bass, on vocals, on a whole bunch of other things for you as someone who's been a one man show how how challenging is that to say to a new collaborator on the music side not just the vocals to kind of let someone in
0: um i thought it was going to be a lot harder than it actually was to be honest with you um and i think it's mainly because like i said before i have respect for joe i love his music that he's done so when i gave him my ideas and i'll get into how we wrote because that's probably one of the most fascinating things about the whole thing is that when i gave him the parts to do we had we had initially agreed beforehand that he was going to do certain things and i was going to do certain things i would do all the guitars i would do all the um the, the like i would do the drumming as well we both shared the drumming tasks and that I would do the keyboard solo parts, like like you know the kind of Rick Wakeman mini moog solo things, right? And that would be my department, and I would do vocals as well because he insisted that I sang as well, right? At first I was like, "You can sing if you want." For the whole thing is, no, 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 no. He goes, "I want you to sing as well on this," so which was fantastic. I thought that was very great and gracious of him because I, I, you know, he has a very strong voice, and to be able to do it with him is a, it's great, right? So, um, we went ahead and decided that he would do bass and drums and a majority of all the symphonic things like all the orchestra parts and the violins and the you know choir parts and everything that's all joe and you know what it wasn't a, a, an issue because i had heard what he had done before with his music and i, I liked it i loved his bass playing he's principally mainly A bass player but everything else he he had learned just like me he learned how to sequence drums and you know do all the keyboard stuff and he's a great keyboard like arranger for like those kind of orchestra parts that he's done like they're really really like dense when i went and checked out the parts he had like separate violin separate cello separate this 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 and he just rendered them together because otherwise i would have like 90 tracks which would have been a nightmare to mix right so he put them together and he put choir parts together it's just Really good. uh, Let's just put it this way. To answer your question, it wasn't really that difficult to do because I knew that I was going to get something good back and that I would be surprised with it. And I was
1: i think that's one of the things that jumped out at me immediately on the first listen of this project gemini has a very identifiable sound there's kind of an undercurrent that runs through and while you've developed and changed from album to album with some of the themes that you you discuss and sing about um musically you have a very identifiable style to me with this new song better posers the choir is the part that jumps out at me immediately, uh, and some of the symphonic uh, keyboard undertones, and how that's all been sequenced and put together. But it was it was the choir part um, that I was like, wow, this is completely different from project gemini there are elements that are mark that you know transcend any label of a band um that runs through your music whether it's your lower third collective project or project gemini and now dark monarchy is that what you envisaged when you brought you know joe in that you thought that he could really contribute on that on 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 that level and how did you approach the songwriting for this? Was it a partnership? Was it someone started with an idea and
0: built a wall? Uh, explain that. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I definitely knew that when I asked Joe to come in, that he had a great wealth of knowledge with the whole orchestra choir uh, making part. That's something that he has a much better grasp of than I do, and he has all these fantastic programs to do this stuff. And me, I'm a little bit more old school that way. Like I have my EX7 keyboard, and I have my, you know, Gaia keyboard, and I do a lot of this stuff by hand, and I just play it a lot. He does a lot of it within programs, and he also plays as well, obviously. But he has so many uh, programs specified to that kind of stuff, like orchestra programs and stuff like that, that. That's one of the things I was really excited about on this is because I knew he would add that element to it and give it that kind of more lush sound into it. I made a little bit more epic, a little bit more grandiose in parts, right? And I and I was all for that. Um, also, I knew his style of bass playing was very melodic as well. He had a good sense of melody. I, I love the way he plays. Um, he's definitely not a you know just straight root note player he he does a lot of unison lines with me in songs which you'll hear in, on the album uh just fantastic sense of melody and what the what i really enjoyed about this was the songwriting i'm really glad you asked about that because the way we decided to do this was we decided okay let's do eight songs as a, as a ballpark number okay so i'll write for you write for but the way we decided to write it was very fascinating and and I loved it. I think we're going to always do it this way is each person wrote about the first two and a half to three minutes of the song. After they were done writing that and it would be me, I would just give him like drums and a, a rough guitar, right? I would send it over to him and he would complete the rest of the song from the three minute part minute point up to wherever he wanted to end it. And he did the same thing to me. He sent me three or four songs and he would do up to two minutes, sometimes up to three and a half minutes and say, okay, now you finish the rest of it. So uh, this song, for example, uh, was his song that he sent me the first three and a half minutes of. And from that point on, I completed the rest, right? So he would just finish the, the drumming for it. And that's why we shared the drumming because I did the drums for the first three minutes. Then he did the drumming for the last three minutes of it. So, and then I would fill in the rest of it. So for the ending of the song, I would put the rest of the guitars in, redo all the guitars for the whole song. And then he would put in bass for the whole song. You know what I mean? And then we would just fill in the the rest of the song once the structure has been written. So every song we did that way, I would write half of it. He would write the end half. Then he would write the first half and then I do the ending half
1: now that speaks more to the kind of the, the musicality of the song in terms of the lyrics mm-hmm. one thing that struck me on better posers is that it's going into an area of you know subject matter you know poverty and homelessness that you haven't really touched on uh, specifically it's, some of your songs might have a similar sort of you know human element to them about the challenges facing it did those sorts of ideas appeal or were they something that you had to get your head around when someone else brings in a song idea and says, I've started this song. It's, you know, did he bring in the lyrics and the melody at that point, And you're working from what he's created, you know, hmm. where, where does the, I guess the songwriting, the, the lyrics is what yeah. I want to know about as well.
0: Okay. So, um, Basically, what happened was the, the songs were always written first, musically. The lyrics, and that came after the fact. Now, because initially I had thought that Joe would be the, the singer of the group, I kind of left that in his hands. Now, as we, as we started working on it, he insisted that I sing as well on it, right? So there are songs on this record where me and him co-write lyrics, and there are songs on here where he's the principal lyric writer. This song, for example, Better Posers, was completely his writing, even though I do sing in the verses on it, right? Um, But I have no issue with that because, you know, singers, uh, songwriters, usually have things to say, and they're usually topics that are very strong to them, uh, topics that are important to them. So what I kind of uh, wanted to do, was since a lot of it he was going to be singing I wanted to let the lyrics be more in his hands because they come across better when there's something that's more personal to, to the person who is writing it right so I wanted to make sure that that was the case here like that since he was so con- like not concerned but that's a topic that he's very into is the whole homelessness and the poverty situation that was going on in the UK right so he talks about that in the lyrics and while I can understand that because we have the same kind of situations here in Canada, that was an easy situation to do. Will we come up with some lyrics where I might have to wrap my head around it? Maybe. It hasn't happened yet, right? But there have been songs, for example, another one that we're doing now where I wrote the verses, all the lyrics for it, but then now he's going to fill in the blanks with the chorus and the pre-chorus. And that I'm curious to see because I want to see how he's going to approach my lyrics and write within it.
1: Right. And that it's obviously as a musician and a working musician, you have sung other people's lyrics before. I was wondering after several years of really focusing on your own material, whether it was a challenge to go in, because when everyone writes their own music, they're kind of writing for their voice and how they sing. And everyone, you know, pretty much sings differently, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. breathing and whatnot. So was it a challenge for you to sing someone else's, you know, lyrics on this sort of material?
0: Um. So far, I have to say it, it's been relatively smooth. I think the one thing about Joe that I like and that what he likes about me is that we kind of have a good idea of what each other's strengths and weaknesses are. So when he wrote the melodies for this song, for example, he knew right away initially how to kind of structure the verse parts for my voice which was fantastic, because when I got it and he gave me a guide melody and said, here, Mark, this is how I kind of hear it. You can change it if you want, but this is how I kind of envision it. Do what you want with it. So I kind of took his melody. I changed a couple things here and there. But the main thing that I did was I added the harmonies to it in the verse parts. That was what he didn't have in there initially. I just added it in there. But it was very comfortable for me to sing. It was within a range that was very good for me. And that's one thing that Joe likes about when I write is that when I give him the music, he right away can hear stuff because it's not in a range where he goes, oh shit, you know, uh, it's going to be high for me to sing here, or it's going to be uh, not in a key that I like singing in. So it's been working out very good. No, Giddy
1: Lee, right?
0: No. <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: How does uh, Dark Monarchy, you know, differ from your other side project that you've done? You know, the Lower Third Collective. You did a, a What's that? A year ago or eighteen months yeah. ago? Yeah, definitely that. How does this kind of fit into where you're going musically on your journey?
0: Um, I I think this is kind of uh, it's it's in the it's sort of the same wheelhouse I think as Project Gemini in the sense that it's probably a progressive metal sort of uh group that we're doing. Um, it's definitely more uh symphonic, a little bit more. I almost envision some of the parts like almost like in a movie, like, you know, like like if you would envision like uh, another Lord of the Rings chapter, like some of those big operatic parts that he puts in there and stuff like that can definitely fit in a scene in a movie. Right. So I kind of look at it that this is going to explore my more uh, like tendencies that I wouldn't do so naturally in project Gemini. Like for me, I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought of putting in choir stuff into my Project Gemini stuff. To me, Project Gemini is a little bit more mm, more I I don't think heavier is the right word. I think it's more cerebral, a little bit more touching on some of my other heavier influences, like Dream Theater and stuff like that, right? Which I have a that have keyboards, but it's a little bit more heavier. There's a lot of seven-string guitars and stuff like that. So it's and a lot of double kick stuff. This is a little bit more. You know, melodic, a little bit more, you know what, more European. That's the thing. If I were to, to make a comparison, I think uh, that Dark Monarchy is kind of more rooted in European style metal, whereas Project Gemini is more like North American style progressive metal, like Fate's Warning and Dreams Theater and you know, Spock's Beard and those kind of bands.
1: Right. You know, there, there definitely seems to be a lot of elements coming together from both of your influences. I mean, it it, it really. I'm not going to say it's all over the place because that makes it sound like it's cluttered. But you can tell there are multiple influences coming into play. But it's a very obviously identifiable style on its own. Your first single is out now and available on Bandcamp. Um, what are the plans in terms of the album that you've spoken about where are you along in that process is this a uh, a taster to get a feel for you know how people are receptive to this uh, project or are you trundling along um, and quite far into those eight tracks that you mentioned
0: um well we're about half done uh A record Um, for me again, and this is one of the things I discussed with Joe was that my vision for writing records is I kind of see a record in between 40 to 50 minutes, the absolute max. Two reasons why: one is because I feel that people's attention span starts wandering after about 40 minutes, right? So to keep them there, you want to keep it short and sweet. Um, Also because I'm a big fan of the vinyl format. And unless you're going to start doing double vinyls, you know, which is out of my league right now as far as finances go, um, I want to make a vinyl release. It's got to be between 40, 45 minutes, right? So we agreed on that. Um, with the way we're writing, because a lot of our songs end up being eight minutes, nine minutes, sometimes 11. We do have a six minute one now, right? Um, so there will be maybe some leftover songs, which is always good because we can always use them as just standalone singles or stuff like that as well, B sides. Um, but our plan is to make a r- full record. There's definitely going to be a CD release of it for sure um vinyl we're gonna hope that the fan base that we start building you know hopefully people from project gemini will get interested in it hopefully people from joe's side will come into it and hopefully there'll be some new people that get involved because they just like this music right and if that you know starts happening and showing promise then we will do a vinyl release of it as well now no matter how it gets reacted to the first time I'm a firm believer of giving a band at least a couple of albums chance before, you know, saying it's not working. So this is step one. There'll be at least another record or two I can see for sure. Yep.
1: You just, you just have to wait and see and see how it feels because as the creator, the artist, you know, you both have to get something out of the project in terms, not only in terms of, you know, critical validation or anything else. I must say this, the track is very strong. It stands up well to the other material that you have released as Project Gemini and as the lower third collective and even older stuff in your catalog. So mm-hmm. I was very impressed by it. Why don't you let everyone know where they can find you and uh, just give them the final details on the new track better posers
0: okay so um i just put up a brand new Bandcamp page so we are in fact the only dark monarchy on Bandcamp, which is fantastic you know because sometimes you see you put a band name and there's like seven different <laughs> versions of that name on there right so you just have to put in the dark monarchy it's not the just dark monarchy it's the dark monarchy and then we'll pop up there um I'll give you know I'll give you a link to it if you want to put it in the description at the bottom too later on uh, for the link. Uh, but we ha- we have a page there. You can go on there now and you can hear the song as well. And if you feel up to it, if you want to maybe contribute and purchase it, it's only a measly two Canadian dollars, which is like fifty cents American and seventy five cents Euro, right? It, so I, I think it was a
1: dollar <clears throat> on yesterday's exchange rate, <laughs> which is you know perfectly you know. <laughs> reasonable for a a nice long song that's good quality like that
0: yeah thank you i thank you for saying that uh but uh you know we also have a a facebook group so you just go on to facebook and type in the dark monarchy and once again we're the only the dark monarchy there there's also a separate uh, i guess they call them a page there's a group page and then like a page page i don't know why they have it like that but we have both of them so we can find dark monarchy and either one of those there and uh right now i'm also going to be working on getting a youtube channel going as well uh I, I know that you mentioned to me earlier that youtube is having a little bit of a trouble right now and i that's probably happened last night as well because when i was trying to set it up it was going all over the place and not letting me do a hell of a lot on youtube last night so uh in time there will be a youtube channel for the dark monarchy so you'll find us in all the usual spots
1: Fantastic, Mark. Well, thank you very much, you know, for taking the time to do a quick, you know, look, it's Rock and Roll podcast episode about a new project. It's exciting. So I hope you get a great response to it. And, uh, you know, send my congratulations to Joe because I think he did a great job. A very silky voice and his bass playing matches his voice, Um, Mm. you know, so very well executed on his part as well. But uh, Mark, We shall see you back on an episode about more music. So thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you very much, Julian.
1: Thank you for watching or listening to this episode. Be sure to subscribe to us, like us, or even leave us a review. You can find us and join the conversation on Facebook.